The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray. And I'm Ellen. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic, and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. I just want to speak real quick. We don't have any specific guests on the line today, but if you want to call in, dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We do have Maxine on the line. She's a lifelong friend. I went to kid school with her, St. John's, if that uh, brings uh, back fear or anyone's um hearts and minds and uh, she wanted to come on and share a little bit of her experience of listening to the show um, and I think it's great when there are people with different views I mean I have an addict's view and I don't necessarily know if she has an addict's view or if she has a family view or what so why don't you share a little bit Maxine of uh, who you are and um, how much you love me oh everybody loves Ray um, for everything that you do, and I've been able to sort of dial in or, or tune in um, once or twice, and, you know, I'm just so darn proud of you, and I, I, I've got to admit that I didn't know your story as you were going through it um, as grade school chums, if you will. Um, you know, life separates us along the way, and it wasn't until the show that I was able to wrap my head around what your life journey was about, and, um, and I really, you know, admire and respect you for taking that and really turning it into something good um, for so many people, and, you know, when I listen to you and, and when I listen to your story and when I listen to the whole theme of, you know, recovery and addiction and, you know, um, although I'm not drug-dependent, or alcohol dependent, I think addiction, it's important to realize, comes in many shapes and forms. Um, I'm a multinational recruiter, so I work for a multinational company and in, you know, several different time zones. So it forces me to work um, often and late and long. And so when I think about what it is you're talking about in, in your message of addiction, um, you know, I can package it in a way where, you know, I can honestly say that I'm addicted to work. And for me, addiction is a habit and it's a problem. And, and it, it's something that we have an infatuation or an obsession with, if you will. Uh-huh. So just as I think listeners who might be drug dependent or alcohol dependent or whatever addiction 
that, you know, they, they consider themselves to sort of fall to, I think it's important to realize that, you know, we're all addicted in one way or another to something. Oh, no, that's very true, you know, and, and the thing is, is fortunately enough for me, um, well, not fortunately enough, but my addiction came out very early on um, by my, with my actions. You know, it took, it took a person who's addicted to work or it took a person who's addicted to, you know, whatever they're addicted to that really isn't um, as alarming as mine. Mine was, mine was readily known and readily available right away. You know, I grabbed a substance and I ran with it. And um, it just started destroying my life. I mean, I can understand how people's, you know, work addiction uh, will destroy their life ultimately because they lose their family. They lose their family values. They, you know, it's more important to be at work than it is to be at little Susie's dance recital. Um, But for mine, it just, it was just total destruction. And uh, I'm grateful today that there are people like you and many, many others that watched my path of destruction and didn't really give up on me, didn't really give up hope. I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't have given me a wallet if I asked, but, <laughs> you you know, there was always that, you know, just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing and everything will be okay. And fortunately enough today, I, I celebrate uh, 28 years clean. I, I got clean um, February 28th, 1989. It seems like a world ago. But you know something, even after 28 years clean, today's a good day to get high. I'm an addict. That's what we do. But yeah. Congratulations um, on, on that, by the way, Ray. That's fantastic. Oh, thanks, Maxine. Thank you. Thank you very much. When I think of your story, when I hear your story, um, you know, although I didn't suffer addiction in that broader, larger sort of sense myself, uh, my brother did. And I was the one who really sort of the pedal to the metal and the rubber met the road where, you know, the ultimatum. And and I think that, you know, like everything else, one has to be ready. And I don't think that, you know, um, the the subject of addiction, although, you know, I, I, I... you know much more than I do, but but I think from my own personal experience dealing with alcohol addiction and, and alcoholism with my brother, um, who is 30 years sober, by the way, uh, awesome. and I'm extremely wow. proud of him. I, I think that it 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 you know there comes a time where you got to say, you know, I'm just tired of being tired, and I'm tired of it, enough's enough, and I don't know where that strength comes from. I think to a large degree, family can play a role. But I, I do believe that it has to come from within, and you have to want more for yourself, and you have to feel tired of feeling tired, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, and Ellen's in the studio with me, and she's she's not an addict. She is, uh, you know, like my stepdad said, she's addicted to addicts, you know. she <laughs> Mother she, of addicts. Yeah, she has family members who suffer, and, um, you know, it's definitely a different um, outlook, I guess, from being an addict or being one who is watching and not being able to do anything. Yeah, in some ways, I think it's almost worse because we're watching the destruction and we're really helpless to do anything. The more we help, the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's the, uh, and I hate the word, but there's there's the whole enabling platform. And if you're a parent... It's very easy to fall into that trap, particularly 
normally this kind of stuff starts, you know, when the when the kid's a teenager, mm-hmm. and you know, it it sneaks up on you, and you you tend to continue parenting into the twenties while the disease is progressing, and it's very difficult to stop. It's very difficult to watch somebody just burn their life down and be helpless to do anything about it. There's so many so many awful things that go along with the disease, you know, the lying, the stealing, the interactions with law enforcement, the interactions with the medical psychiatric field. All of those things play into everything. People take advantage of you and it just goes on and on and on. So I think from my perspective, it's almost worse. Um, to watch somebody get better and get that, I, th- I think it's honestly a spiritual awakening in a way to realize that there is something better out there. There's something bigger, and I can, you know, I can have, I can be a part of that. I can still be a part of that, no matter what I've done in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I see a lot of people, and I always say you can feel it when they've had that. I call it a brokenness, and they've been rebuilt. Because there, there's, there's a humbleness, there's um, an empathy that I don't know that you find in people who maybe haven't had to experience well, that so now you, complete now you breakdown. Make, now you just have to make me feel guilty all over again. No, <laughs> it's a good thing, not no, a bad I'm all, thing. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I've already, I've, I've definitely processed all of that stuff with my family. Go ahead, you Maxine. Know, you want to say something? Ellen, that I, I think watching my brother go through it, I think there was a piece as well. Um, yes. of, of yes. not, of, 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 you know, coming through the other side, knowing who he is, um, and, and, and not feeling ashamed of that. And, and, and knowing that, you know, you talk about, you know, the broken and the rebuild. And I think with that comes a peace that I think you're he exactly now right. understands, you know, where his limits are. And he now understands the behavior that, that brought him there. And, and, and smart enough um, over the past 30 years to walk away from, from triggers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I admire, I, I've listened to you as well um, on, on one of the broadcasts, Ellen, and, and I know a little bit of your story, and I admire the, the both of you um, immensely, and, and I want to applaud the work you're doing and, and certainly, you know, the, the hope that you bring to so many um, so, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, as, no, as no, thank you. you. Eventually, you know, began to listen more and more to the show, but out of curiosity to see how Ray was doing, um, my <laughs> high school crush back at the time, um, <laughs> and, and and it was so provoking for me that I've listened, you know, on numerous occasions, and I think recently I had even pinged him as as far as, hey, when's the show coming back? So, mm-hmm. so thank you for everything that you do because I think it, it reaches beyond um, the audience perhaps that it's intended for. I think, you know, um, addiction, I like so. I said, I think, is very broad. I think and, more so. I think actually more so, Maxine. I think that um, we, get, we get reached out to by a lot of family members and concerned friends and family um, more so than the addict themselves. The addict themselves is like, for me, when I was out there and I was running around, I didn't have time. I didn't, want, I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, and would you right? have been listening to something like no, this? No, I didn't have, no, I didn't have time busy. to do this. No, I didn't have time to do this. This wasn't part of my my um, corruption, you know. So I think who we get um, ultimately 
gives them maybe a breath of fresh air that, you know, you know, an addict, an addict in disarray can ultimately put the substance down and, and become a productive member of society. I mean, I know I have. You shared that your brother has. There's, there's thousands and millions of people out there who have grabbed on to some spiritual 12-step program or even done it through church or however you do it. It doesn't make a difference as long as you do it. Mm-hmm. And you step out of your own way, um, you know, and become a productive member of society again, then, then you know, who am I to tell you how to do it? Um, but I'm grateful today that I have the ability to be able to come on the air and, and have this, this venue of, of hope for people. We're heard, we're heard internationally. I, right now, I know we're on Facebook Live. I know one of my friends, Joe, is in Northern Ireland, the north of Ireland, and he's listening. He's on Facebook Live. He, he is very engaged in what we do. And it's that's halfway around the globe, or it's at least across the pond, right? So, um, you know, we get we get people that listen from Indonesia, from Russia, from Africa. Japan, Africa, Cra- crazy, crazy thing, places that you never would even think where people would even know English are listening to the show. So our message is getting out there, and I'm grateful today that you came on and shared a little bit of your experience. But now, in all seriousness. This started with a conversation from a post that you made on Facebook, <laughs> right? About it, peeps. It, it did, and I'll I'll let you go there. <laughs> okay. Well, you posted about peeps, and it was I bet you can't just eat just one, and you ate the whole pack. And um, Anne, who just let me know that she's at work and she can't come on, but um, I told you both that I would out you if you didn't come on the show. And <laughs> well, now and, tell uh, everybody what peeps are for the un- uninformed. Oh, everybody knows what peeps are. Well, come if you're on. in Everybody's Indonesia, you might to them not. Once or twice. Well, everyone's been addicted to them once or twice. They're a, a very nasty little sugary candy that come out at Easter, and they're in the shape of what, chickens? Chickens or bunnies or, I don't know, this was even a coconut like one, right, Maxine? Spring critters. Yeah, this yeah. One's, and they've really, the, the coconut with the chocolate, and, and yeah. Anne had mentioned that she used that word loosely, addicted as well, and that yeah. turned this whole discussion into Ray wanting to out us if we didn't call in. So <laughs> my word is my badge, Ray. It was so there good to go. hear your voice and, and I'm watching here. you live with Ellen right now um, on Facebook. So great to talk to you, folks, and, and thank you again for what you do. No, thank you, Maxine. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. You take care. Okay, you too. You Have too. a blessed evening. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. And okay. you know, they're around the world, there, there is no border to addiction, so I'm glad that people around the world listen to us. And also, I always think of the families. You know, we're, we're talking in the family vein. For every one addict, there are at least five people who have been negatively affected by whatever they're doing. And I don't want to use the term addict. We're trying to kind of get away from that. Substance use disorder. So any person with a substance yeah, but, use but, you disorder know, something, that's is affecting a cop-out. their... That's a cop-out. The guy that picks up my garbage is a garbage man. He's not a professional garbologist. I'm an addict. I'm not a substance abuse. What did you say it was? Substance use disorder. Yeah, that's I, you know something. I, I that, that that takes a little bit of the responsibility off me when I do that. Um, you know, you can use whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you no. But well, for I'm me, trying to I'm trying to destigmatize the disease. And well, there, there, yeah. there's a movement. The the American Psychiatric Association has actually changed the terms in the DSM five, so that you know you. There is an opioid use disorder, an alcohol use disorder, mm-hmm. and they're all under the umbrella of substance use disorder. So rather than 
giving it a, a negative label like junkie, addict, alcoholic. Yeah. Let's give it a disease label, and maybe um, just maybe we can destigmatize it a bit because the shame is one of the things that keeps people sick. No, I mean I get it, I get it, but you know, for, for me, I, I just have to come right straight out and say, you know, well, you're owning it, yeah, yeah, well, and it's because okay I can't, for you, because but I can't for me, it's, yeah. Yeah. I think it's better to maybe try to get away from that. So that's what I'm trying to do. But but people with a disorder are negatively affecting a lot of other people. And it always surprises me when I go into support groups that the rooms aren't standing room only. And they're not. No, well, it's they're big, very yeah. small. Yeah. And, it, you know, to me, that's very strange because a lot of us are really suffering. Well, I mean, I mean, we all know why it's because we're suffering that we don't go. Yeah, it's the shame. You know shame. what I mean? It's, it's yeah. the shame and, that, you know, somebody's going to see me there and then mm-hmm. they'll know like they don't know anyway. And, and for far too long, um, I just lost my train of thought. My sister just texted me for far too long. The, the uncomfortability was comfortable for me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I would end up going back out. I would, I would come in and I would, you know, get a new pair of sneakers in the first 30 days and, and it just didn't feel right because it was starting to feel a little normal and the uncomfortability of sleeping on a park bench or on someone's, someone's couch or in someone's backyard wasn't there anymore. And that's what I knew for all too long. And I think that's what, I deserved, so that's why I kept pushing myself out there. You know, second, accepting less than became the norm. And, um, you know, going to the Y every, you know, week to be able to take a shower because, it, you know, $2 to get in the door, I could scrape up 2 bucks. Every 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 dollar that I had had to go towards my disease. Um, when I look back at it now, it just seems so foreign to be able to, that that's what my acceptability level was. But that's what I knew. And it's hard for me to even imagine you that way because you're so not like that now. And that's that's the miracle. That's the miracle of being in recovery and, right. and rebuilding yourself as this, you know, kind, caring, empathetic person that obviously you weren't before. You know, I'm sure you were stealing and lying and doing all the things that people do when they're in the, you know, in the clutches of the disease. Oh, no, absolutely. And I'm going to jokingly say that every once in a while I wear my socks for a couple of days just to remember when. But <laughs> but, but that's a little well, bit Well, you gross. do keep a picture of the bench on your refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you we, do. Uh, we're, we're coming to a break. So I just want to say if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to Ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. We will send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for the full, full hour so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. So if you're, you know, if even if you just, if you want to just share your experience, strength, and hope, please, by all means, call in 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk 
with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We don't have a specific topic of of interest today. We had we had a caller named Maxine on, and she was talking about um, work addiction, and I was jokingly sharing about peep addiction and stuff like that. But there are <laughs> so many different addictions out there that I can maybe like embrace and understand, uh, like say gambling. Um, I saw this special, and, and I, I share this all the time because it, it still kind of blows my mind that I saw this special was on PBS or something like that, and it was um, about a gambler, and they put a gambler in a room with a phone, and they attached all these wires to him, like maybe a, what do you call it, like an EKG machine yeah. and all that stuff, blood pressure cuff, and they monitored, monitored his, his body. He made, a, he made a phone call, made a bet on a race, sat and watched the race, win, lose, or draw. I don't know what it was. But as that race was coming to an end, his, his, his uh, body function started rapidly really? going up. He would make another bet, and everything would smooth back down again. So it was the actual action of betting. It was the action of hanging. That was yeah, the fix. Calling and saying, number seven in the fifth is where the fix was. He hung up the phone and he would sit. He would sit quiet for a minute. His system would be quiet. And then ultimately it would just start slowly ramping back up again. So I can totally understand that because of the, you know, the chemicals that I put in my system mm-hmm. would ultimately do the same thing. It was more so after a while, 
about the chase because I wasn't getting high anymore. I was I was getting like. Well, are you maintaining? You don't want to get sick. Yeah. All of that stuff. Well, but but I mean, as soon as as soon as I made it to where I was going and did what I had to do, I had to just start charging again. So it was just as much about the chase. I was addicted to the chase of it as well, and you know, that's 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 kind of the scary thing because when we get clean and they tell us, well, just don't use. Um, it's not only about that, because all the lifestyle has a lot to do with it as well. It plays a big, huge role. And if they just told me, okay, stop using, in 96 hours, it's physically going to be out of my system, right? I may feel crappy still, but mentally, I'm still drawn to Yeah, it's the obsession, it right. the compulsion to do it. Exactly. And, the, and the, the bad thing about it is, is that's why a lot of people, that's why I kept running out the door because I wasn't, I wasn't mentally ready to step away from the lifestyle that I chose to live, that, that living as a second class citizen that I embraced for so long well, was, was, was scary. You know, and, and that's where I chose to live my life. And that's where it became my reality. And when they told me, you know, all you have to do is abstain, it was a heck of a lot more than that. Abstinence yeah. abstinence may have been the easiest thing. It was changing who I was, where I went, what I did, you know. People, places, and things. Being sick. Being sick. I was sick every day. It wasn't about being sick. It was about it was about all of the other madness that went along with it. And that's what you said. Per, people, places, and things. And, and that was a tough thing to change, you know. Um, well, you hear about people, you know, they go to rehab, they, they stay in a, a halfway house or sober living, they're gone for six months or a year, or maybe they're in jail and they get out and, you know, they haven't had the drug in a long time, but they go home. And once they go home, they contact the same yep. people they were always with mm-hmm. and the relapse then occurs because I guess you fall back into those same patterns and maybe something gets triggered in your brain that takes you back to what what you knew and... <laughs> Whether it was fun or not, I, I assume at first it's fun. Uh, not when you relapse. No, that's not, that's not fun No, but at I mean, all. when it's you first start guilt. using, everybody says that the first high is the best and you're always chasing that. I've heard that too. I don't know. I don't know if any of this stuff is even really yeah. true because it doesn't. It doesn't resonate with me at all. I can't imagine enjoying. Well, you know, that, looking back, but. looking back on it, I can say that you know, uh, during my using days, uh, there were there were spurts of um, fun, but. I think it was all driven by a chaotic, uh, by a chaotic nature, and 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 I justifiably say it's fun today because I was stuck in the middle of it. I'm not saying that everything that everything was gloom and doom. I mean, I did have good good spurts of you know good things, but um, it was driven by someone who isn't me today. And would I put myself in that position to have that same type of fun today? Absolutely not, because I would have to go back through all of that crap just to have that moment of of fun today today i wake up in the morning and i am not driven by anything other than you know the new ventures in my life you know um i guess you don't have to worry about who you've offended or you know oh, whether the police are I, I chasing still have to you worry or, about, well i don't have to worry about the police chasing me but i still have to worry about the people i offended i mean my, my yeah, mom has probably you know thinking every day did i you know who did i hurt do i need to apologize to somebody you know, well, you know, part of your tenth step process. I was going to say, yeah, we we ultimately do that, you know, and, and I think I think it pops up 
to me a little bit more in clarity when my mouth gets me in trouble today. Uh, you know, oh man, I have to, I have yeah. to uh, square that away. Do I always do that? No, I, I, I'm still a coward in some situations. Oh, we're but human too. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a coward, human, same thing. Um, but you know, I'm grateful today that I can get out of my own way and and, and realize that everybody who I thought was against me. Um, were really there for me when I ultimately said enough is enough. You know, I'm looking at some of these names that are, um, hi, Chief. I'm looking at some of these names and, you know, my sister, my sister Lee here, you know, hi, Nora. And, you know, um, my recruiter, Steph Sarampulia, <laughs> he got out as a master sergeant, I think. But, you know, um, John lived down the street from me. Another another guy I was in school with. These are these are people that have been part of my life forever, mm-hmm. and they they didn't give up on me. I gave up on me. I gave up on them. I gave up on society and said this is going to be my own selfish little world, and I'm going to destroy it, and I'm going to try to destroy everybody else around me. Um, were you consciously thinking about destroying everybody else, or were you just like, I'm going to do this, and I don't care what happens well, to you? Well, yeah, I think it was, I'm going to do this, and I don't care what yeah, happens to I, me. I don't I think can't. it was, it wasn't a conscious, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to burn everything down in front of me. Well, I mean, you, you know, probably did, but I don't, did you really, was that the intention, or was it just, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and nobody's going to get in my way I, I don't know I mean I would I, I, I would have to say that some of that was was conscious behavior you know because we, when you're when you're actively using you're just on full tilt destruction yeah and the faster you get there I remember we you know we we used to hear on the news that you know in Brockton there were people that like today people are dying left and right by like you know the 20s every day and um we heard that there would be some type of heroin stamp in, in Brockton that, that people were using and dying. We would drive to Brockton and try to find it. Yeah. They that's like straight up. That. Yeah. That's yeah. straight up destruction. That's not, that's I not hear that casual a lot. at all. And you know, yeah. the, the car fentanyl that's killing people, yep. they're, they're going to try to find it when they hear that there's been a, a rash of overdoses. And, and we see that, you know, I see it in my Facebook feed all the time. Watch out, you know, in Cleveland, watch out and, in um, New York, watch out! In California, there's a bad batch, and people and I'm just sure run that people towards are it. Running it's, to it's, it but, well, you, you know, know that I stuff don't is know. So deadly. I don't know if that's the case today. I mean, it, it very well could be. No, where, it is. It, I hear it all the time, all the time. I mean, God forbid if if I was out still using today, and and I knew that people were dying in Miami, and I got in the car and tried to go down and do what they and did try just to find because, it. because because it, yeah. it's not going to hurt you the way it hurts. Yeah, them. that's I think that's, that's the whole mindset. It's yeah. it's terrible. It's yeah. sad. But that and that goes to show that goes back to what you were talking about. Um, it being a a, um, a brain um, it, disorder it versus a brain just disorder. a versus yeah, just a moral. Yeah, yeah, it's been proven. Yeah, nobody would choose to be this way. No, I, I mean you know, I, 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 I hesitate. I can remember having that conversation with my daughter, and she said, "I don't want to be this way. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose. Do you think I want to be like this?" But because listen, I was angry and, you know, I didn't understand. And it's like, why don't you just stop? You know, I understand now that that is not something that you guys can just do. No, but, you know, I, I absolutely became a volunteer. Yeah. Every, t- every time I got clean and I got past the physical urge and need, um, 
I ultimately became a volunteer. And it wasn't because I didn't not want to do it. It was because I didn't know that I had to change that whole mental pattern as well. I mean, it's, you know, they say it's threefold, right? Physical, spiritual, and mental. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was absolutely spiritually broken. Physically, um, you know, I, I, I thought I was, I thought I was, you know, uh, God's gift to women with a thirty with a thirty three inch waist <laughs> weighing one hundred and thirty three pounds. It was a twenty six inch waist actually, um, but because I was delirious. But mentally is where it took me that much longer. Spiritually, because I grew up with the beliefs that I had, and because I grew up with the morals that my parents gave me, which I chose to throw away. Um, I could kind of accept that back a lot quicker. Yeah, I think so. Physi- I think physically, I started feeling okay after 30 days. Mentally, I, I was just so spent. I was broken. And and what do you do with that? You know, you can't, you know, and I see. Well, I think with the brokenness, you either rebuild, which you did, or you die. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's one yeah. or the other. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't make it past that. You know, their bottom, so to speak, is is death. But, you know, yeah. those of you who do reach the bottom and then rebuild, I, you know, to me, it's, it's you're much better people than you would have been if you'd never had that experience, I think. Um, yeah, well, I, I think maybe because we've done a lot of um, inner, inner work. Right, inner work. Which, which but which I would never say. a lot of people don't say, do. You don't, you know, you don't have the yeah. opportunity to do it, so you don't. I'm just still the basic bozo on my bus that came out of my out of my uh, community. I mean, I'm looking at some of these names and, uh, you know, I'm looking down and I'm no better than anyone that's listening to me because I did a little bit more extensive work with Ray. Um, but no, but I think you've, you've, gathered, you've gotten an understanding of people of humanity and it's probably make, made you a more humane, empathetic person. You know, I know how you are. You, you collect animals. <laughs> Any, if, if you got an animal, let it out at Ray's door. If you yeah, don't want no, it anymore, not. he'll take it in. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not do that. Let's and, not and do you, that. And, you know, you, you take in stray people sometimes, too, and try to help them. Uh, you yeah, do that a lot. yeah, I, I so, have been known to do that in yeah. the past. You know, so and, you, you try um, to help. Well, yeah, because because it was so freely given to me. You know, my insurance companies paid tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars to get me on E, to get me back to where I belong. And I got it free. I got it at a state-run facility. And when I came out, you know, something happened in there that um, I was just sick and tired. And I really didn't want to die. You know, I, dying was still an option. But it wasn't one that I wanted to act on anymore, and I didn't know how to go about stopping that self-destruction. You know, so I reached out to people that I knew that had done it before me, and um, as scared as I was, I just started doing what they did. And that was ultimately for me. It was going to a twelve-step. It was going to a Narcotics Anonymous, and I I try not to um, share much about that because I want to keep it so that you know I, I don't want it to be an NA show or an AA show. Yeah, or, there are other ways to do it know, too. There are absolutely every you know every way under the sun to do it as long as you're not using abstinence is where it's at. You know, um, but I'm grateful today that I found a new way to live. I found that through the 24 spiritual principles of Narcotics Anonymous, um, and I try to work them into my life on a daily basis today. Um, And I think that's what gives me a lot of my awarenesses, and it gives me a lot of the ability to be able to take the stray person in, to be able to take the stray dog in, to be able to have 
the heart that I that a common addict me did not have. I would have stole your TV yeah. and not thought twice about it. That guy's still in there because I'm the one that did it. I'm the one that take. I have to take that responsibility. That guy's still in there, but I have to tell on that guy today. And one of the ways that I do that is I come on and I share on this microphone Mondays at eight o'clock. I tell on myself around the world, and you know it, it works because. Um, you know, I get gratitude from it. When I, when I see all of these people and, you know, they say, uh, you know, hi, Ray, you're awesome, Ray. Uh, good job. Great job. This, that, the other thing. You know, I'm just sharing their message for one thing, you know, and I'm grateful today that people are lining back up to be part of this thing we call life. And if- there are, there are so many that are sick and suffering out there now, I think, to be able to hear your message and to hear that you were once there too and that there is a way out. And you can have a wonderful wife. Mm-hmm. And honestly, probably, again, better than it would have been had you not had the experience that made you a more humane, you know, and able to experience life at maybe another level. Right. You know, and that's why I think when I share my clean time, like when I said earlier that I had 28 years clean, uh, I got clean um, February 28th, 1989. But today is still a good day to get high because I'm an addict and I can never forget that. I can never right. walk past the point jokingly. Right. Well, uh, once a grape becomes a raisin. Right. Can't become a grape again. Once a, once a cucumber becomes a pickle, there's no going back. So I know that there's no going back for me. So I need to keep myself aware because it's very easy for me to forget my place in society today and just venture back into my ghost. My ghost is still out there waiting for me to come back. And, and it reminds me all the time, hey, I'm still here by some just casual things either that I think or, you know, my environment, things I see, uh, you know, so I just have to keep constant vigilance. And, and for me, that is sharing who I am and sharing who I was and, and, and how much, how far I've come. So if you would like to call in, dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We are going to go to a break. We will be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you a pet parent? Are you interested in a better understanding of the care and health of your best friend? Listen every week for Pet Panorama with Dr. Julie Mayer. 
Just as in your own personal health care, you can also take charge of the health care of your pet by exploring natural approaches to keep them healthy in addition to more conventional veterinary care. Don't you want them having the best life possible? Listen Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. We got the your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness a fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Miracles in Recovery this evening. That just saddened me. I'm having a good time. I know. Um, phone lines are open. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Real quick, I just want to uh, let you know of upcoming shows. Next week, our Featured guest is George Lindenfeld. He is a clinical psychologist and founder of the Reset Therapy Professional Institute. I'm sure we will find out more about what that is next week. And the following week, we have Rabbi Mark Borovitz. Um, and it says here, addiction and criminal rehabilitation expert and author of Finding Recovery in Yourself in Torah. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter to me how you stay clean. Um, if you use one of the A's, N-A-A-A-C-A-G-A-E-I-E-I-O-A. SA, it doesn't make a difference. However you do it and however you become a productive member of society and however you better your life for you and your family and your community, have at it. Um, you know, do I always follow a specific route? I think, I've, I think I walk in the general direction, but I don't necessarily say that every single step and path is how I learned how to do this. And I don't necessarily know if maybe complacency sets in a little bit being, you know, having the clean time that I have. Um, I wouldn't put myself in situations where, you know, it would be detrimental to my health. But um, do I take the necessary steps on a daily basis? Not always. Well, but you're human. You know, you're yeah. working, you're yeah. tired, you've got six dogs. You know, you've always got something going on. And I think it's it's hard to be vigilant. And, and even for me, I catch myself sometimes, I'm tired, I don't want to go, I don't want to do this, I don't, I don't want to have to think that way. It's easier just to sit down and feel sorry for myself. And I have a lot of, of reasons to feel sorry for myself. Right. Rather than looking at the good stuff and, and saying, but, you know, I should be grateful. 
And I'm not grateful all the time. As a matter of fact, I've gone through long periods of time where I didn't have one single thing to be grateful for. Yeah, I, I'm sitting here right now, and I'm not too grateful. I've been holding this stupid phone <laughs> in, the same, in the same position. But but you know something? It, it's all good. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're making it work, and we're getting our message out there. We're getting it out through the airwaves. You know, and just, just real quick for people who are just tuning in now, um, this is an international platform. I get every week on Mondays, usually Mondays, Sundays and Mondays, I get the the um, list of, of where we were listened listen to live, and it blows my mind. Some of the places like Russia, Indonesia, Afghanistan, um, you know, Zimbabwe. You and know, you just, wonder, do they speak English? Well, they must. I don't know. Maybe they just like the hum of my voice. I, I mean, <laughs> or maybe, would, maybe there's a translation tool. You, well, I don't know. Well, yeah. I was wondering about that because I know there there are a lot of international listeners, and I just yes. wonder because here in the U.S., you know, even though we learn a language in high school, uh-huh. nobody really speaks anything other than English. And I think it would be very cool to be able to speak something else. Yeah, but I, I think you know, um, oh, it would be cool if 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 I could speak something else. Yeah, but. Well, I, I spoke street doctor for many years. Well, there but, you go. Yeah. Although um, that changes all the time. Yeah. I, I hear all kinds of things, and I, you know, I didn't know what a plug was. I didn't know what a trap house was. It's a like if you find somebody to sell you dope. A plug. That's called a plug. Yeah, that, that's just silly. Well, you know, a trap house. I yeah. guess that's a place where you that's go silly and get too. drugs. That's silly, too. But, they're, you know, the slang is constantly changing. Yeah, and yeah. And I think it's only because, like, you know, the kids bring it up and, and everybody wants to put their own uh, yeah, put their own particular gender stamp, yeah. not gender, uh, um, generation, uh, generation stamp. stamp on it. Yeah, and, uh, this is not your daddy's. Yeah. Heroin. No, well, well, when, when ultimately it's well, no. I mean, it wasn't killing us like it is today, yeah. but you know, it uh, it definitely is the same exact thing because everyone got to me, everybody gets to me, and mine was a place of despair, self-loathing, loveless, helpless. You know, hopeless. I always say you guys all end up the same person, no matter what the path was that got you there. And I think there, there's all shades and grades, and you know, different ways that this happens to people. You know, we we all want it to be in one nice, comfortable little box. You know, this is how you became a substance. You know, a person with substance use disorder. This is how you became an addict. You were traumatized. You were, you know, raped, beaten whatever right or you know it's just genetic but i think there the nuances are a lot more complicated than that and i you know i've been wondering and i actually posed this in one of my facebook groups last week why is it that all of a sudden it is such a huge epidemic i mean it it has exploded not just in this country but you know across the world well, i don't know what happened it, well I, I think it's been this way but i think it's I think just it's a lot worse well i think it's I'm, a lot worse population is a lot greater for that's one. true and but this particular generation not even so much the one between this generation and and ours mm-hmm. you know we're baby boomers they were the generation xers weren't this bad they didn't have it this well, bad. Yeah, you know, it, they, they there just, weren't 144 people a day dying of heroin overdoses. Oh well, no, 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 no. That that no. But addiction was there. Addiction was very. Of prevalent. course, it's always. But you know? why is it so much worse now? You know why? I don't. Is because it evil just keeps in getting society? greater. No, evil just keeps getting greater. I mean, well, you know, I sit and as a mother, you know, who 
you know, with children that that have this disease, I wonder, is it mm-hmm. something I did? Is it because I went to work and put them in daycare? Is it, yeah. you know, what happened to this? Is it because they weren't punished in school enough? You know, everybody no. got a trophy. Is it no. because, no. you know, we didn't go to Sunday school every Sunday because I was too tired from working? You know, is, what? Why? Is well, it because you, of the divorce rate? But no, you, I mean, you're looking for something to hang well, I'm a looking for on. a society, societal reason, because this society is taking over. But it's not a societal over. reason. It's, 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 um, but we are losing a generation, and there are a lot of people who say that. I mean, it's to the point well, that, you know, states are declaring states of emergency. Florida hasn't done that yet. They should. And there are people that are really pressuring the governor to do that. You know, there, there's, there is a, a drug czar in the White House, you know, somebody who mm-hmm. works with the president on this particular problem. Yeah, but Why there, there, always, there always has happened? been. And, and you know, I, I... But it's worse. I, I don't, I don't want to just pull this out of my back pocket and say because um, we have... We have well, it was a completely different society when we were growing up. It was. You know that. It was. And um, I'm just wondering because I said if so. Because I said so was usually always a good denominating factor for you to stop. Oh yeah, I was have, much more you know, fearful of my parents' wrath if right. I got in trouble at school than anything a teacher or principal now, would do to me. Now parents are basically giving their children medication when they're young, and then yeah. they wonder why they're all screwed up. Well, you, well, you, you know, you, you openly. Drank like a fish in front of them and smoked weed with them for you know for ages and then now oh, how come my baby's so? well I mean, look just look at the news and I don't even want to get into a political thing about it but today we live in a society where we are absolutely broken and one yeah. th- one way to disengage from that societal brokenness is through alcohol and drugs and and you know kids think it's trend I don't want to say trendy kids think it's cool cool to go to rehab today you know hey i was in rehab 27 times well, well but prison is the boat, now dude. the new rehab because that's yeah, where well, you yeah. end up yeah well and, i mean so if that's what you're shooting for then more power to you i mean i well and there's a cool factor that comes from having been in jail too yeah uh, you know uh-huh. i know people who go into the rooms you know the anonymous rooms and if they hadn't been in jail they feel like they don't have the you know the card that you need to be really cool right Right. And, you know, to me, that's that's really sad. You but know, I, I just wonder if there is some breakdown, some disconnect somewhere that is causing this to be exponentially worse than it seemed. You know, I didn't know anybody growing up. The, bo- with, the, bo- the bottom line is, or a drug problem. yeah, but the bottom line is, is that um, once me as Ray the Addict wants to start looking at reasons why I jacked my life up or why the world is a mess today or why that, then I'm, I'm taking the responsibility off of me and I'm trying to throw it somewhere else and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing to keep myself focused and keep myself uh, on the straight and narrow. Um, for many years, it was everybody else's fault but my own because I didn't want to look at it. And if I revert back to saying it's everyone else's fault or why did this happen or how come that, um, I'm not focusing on the main issue. And the well, main issue is Do you think it's me. maybe we aren't making people responsible for what they do? How do you make someone responsible? Well, you, you expect accountability from people. 
And, you know, if you right. are not forced to be accountable when you make a mistake, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, it should be okay. And, you know, if something happens at school, your parents go and yell at the teachers rather than siding with them and mm-hmm. punishing you, which is what would have happened to us. Well, I know, but how I many times know. do you, how many times have you personally said, do it again and you stay in on Saturday? No, oh, I did it a lot. Do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. So, how do we make someone responsible? We they have they have to learn. We actually had an, an alarm in the hallway uh-huh. in case my daughter, because she would, <laughs> tried to sneak out the door. Yeah, and to get around that, which stunned me, she went out her second floor story window. I didn't think she had the guts to do it, but I guess where there's a will, there's a way. Crazy, right? Yeah, it, the insanity of it. You know, and I did not know what to do. No. Well, I mean, I guess you do the best you can with what you have. And, and, you know, fortunately enough, today I don't have to deal with being responsible for an addict that's running around in full gear. Um, Yeah, that's a tough place to be. I just have to be responsible for me. And, you know, one thing that I was grateful for, and we only have a few minutes, um, but I was grateful to be able to experience the other side of the fence. And you know what I'm talking about with, you know, um, I got to experience full circle worrying about someone like someone worried about me. And and it was a scary place to be. You know, I would have rather have been on my side of the fence where well, I was meditating yeah. myself not we to have to worry. We always you guys always have yeah. a better time. Even in your anonymous fellowships, you have a better time. Yeah, because we're, <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, we're, we're yeah. still suffering. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're learning a new way to live, and you guys are always the life of the party anyway, so. Well, I, I don't know if I was the, <laughs> too much of the life of the party, but um, go ahead and read the read If the, uh, you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. We'll send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for the full hour so that we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. So any interest, please let us know. We love having guests. We do. And um, we just got a real quick, um, when we were doing another show, we were doing a, a doctor's prescription deadly addiction show. There was a gentleman named Tim who called in a couple of times. You remember him, Tim? I did. And his wife. He just. Uh, oh, is he listening to yeah, the show? Yeah, he says, hi, hi Tim. Ray. You are an inspiration. Hope you are doing well. Hi, Tim. Thanks for uh, reaching out. It was. It's great to see that uh, people are still following, people are still caring, people are still out there, you know? Um, and. That's what we try to do at Miracles in Recovery. We try to share our experience, strength, and hope that one day, you know, if you know someone who is struggling, they can ultimately hopefully get it as well. You know, and, and you, you know, you don't have to force it. Don't force it. Because when I was being forced, it just didn't work. Yeah, that's one of the you know, things the I learned. You know, the more they pushed, the more they pushed, the more I ran. And... You know, I think this was a I think this was a great show today for not having a topic. I mean, we ultimately had a topic. We didn't talk about it once. We spoke about <laughs> food addiction. We spoke about this, that, the other thing. Yeah, you and your peeps. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, Ellen asked me next week to go share my 
story with her Al-Anon group. No, right? Naranon group. Naranon. Al-Anon, Naranon, Naranon group. They're very excited Still the to hear enemy. your story. Because Still the enemy, however you look yeah. at it. <laughs> <laughs> the Naranazis want to hear your experience, strength, and hope. No, it helps. It really does. It that's, helps for us to hear that people can get better, and a lot of us spend time doing that. That's all we have time for this evening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. We are going to try to do this Facebook uh, Live in the future. And remember, with Miracles in Recovery, hope is in your corner. Night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.